you, Jehovah. And Lord, first we want to appreciate the journey mercies you watched over these people. And that is the my father. Because on these roads, many, many have not reached. And yet today here you have loved us, you've sustained us, you've watched over them, preserved them, protected them, and loved them. And Father, I know that you have kept their lives for a reason and a purpose. And so today, as we appreciate you and bring gratitude to you, Jehovah, our Creator, I also ask that today you arrest their hearts, capture their hearts, capture their minds, that in whatsoever is said here, they will really hearken to it, they will hold it, that you may open their spiritual eyes to see this and their spiritual ears to hear this, that they may prepare for the glorious coming of the Messiah. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Asante sana. Thank you. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you indeed. Ketini chini katika jina la Yesu, beloved people, in Swahili, that is sit down in the name of the Lord. It's good to see you, my sons. We will get time, okay? It's well, we will get time. I know there are so many guests here. There are some front seats also, one there, right? There's a seat here, there are other seats. If you could fill the front ones, that would be very powerful. I see people are just arriving, you're not late. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Yes, Nibwana. I see also a lot of guests today. Tumetembelewa katika jina la Yesu. Muketi mbele alafu wengine waketi nyuma yenu sasa. Wageni tafadhali. Tumeshukuru sana mmekuja. Wengiweni ni wachungaji. And so sometimes I long to meet the pastors of Nairobi. Jana nilikutana wengine mpaka karibu sasita usiku here. It was very powerful. Hallelujah. Everybody's in the house. Sasa ukiketi, if you sit, did you reserve those for guests? All for guests. Okay, thank you. Sasa ukiwan, if you see guests, you bring them to these seats, right? Thank you so much. Thank you indeed. The Lord bless you. What an awesome blessing to see you again. Hallelujah. And my daughter there, you said I should reserve for you a seat. You finally got a seat, right? And, uh, I see Mombasa has come. Is that really true? Oh, my eyes are seeing double. <laughs> the Lord bless you, Mararo. So well, now uh, we have a lot of people at the end. Who are those at the end? The overseers, the members of churches? Okay. Well, so why didn't they feel the... F that, that's how it's arranged, right? Okay, thank you. Do you have a speaker there? Asante. The Lord bless you. I greet you in the name of the Lord. So, beloved people... We have uh, begun a word explosion in the city here. A mighty, mighty word explosion. It actually began the day before yesterday. Yesterday was really the first day when the Nairobi people were allowed in, so it looks more like the first day. But it actually began the day before yesterday when the Lord uh, allowed me to come out. And we are really at such a time 
when we've just come from a tremendous visitation that took place at Central Park and uh, a historic visitation in the church and even for the Lord to um, open that door immediately after uh, Central Park before resting before um, debriefing and uh, preparing for another country then the Lord says Kenya again don't clap as well it's Kenya again so I, I think that is the disposition of love the love of God right and so I'm very happy to see you I know there are many senior bishops who have come today presiding bishops how many presiding bishops made it today from other regions one thank you so much for coming thank you so much you people oh professor you're here thank you thank you how about my daughter professor Njagi she's also around she didn't make it right are there people sitting there or you will arrange they will come right thank you the Lord bless you I appreciate it it's good to see you <laughs> don't joke with me right this is a creeper that walked is sitting here <laughs> hallelujah this is a creeper that walked recently new legs you know at Central Park is that Catherine is that my daughter Catherine Bado Natambea Hallelujah, look at this now, look at this now. <laughs> this is a creeper that just walked at Central Park when the Lord sent me to Central Park. And I have a serious guest with you as we talk about this. Forgetting lost. You are going to explain so much, right? Yes. But this is a creeper that just walked from Central Park, Nairobi, the recent meeting. What are we living to see, beloved people? <laughs> Hallelujah. That is mighty. I'm so happy to see you. Are we going to meet today? Tutakutana leo. Yes, yes. It's good to see you. You walked so beautifully that day, and you are still walking. That is very powerful. If you give me just one second. Thank you, my guest here. Yes, I'm still working. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it is good to be here. I know I see many guest pastors here. It's good to be in this place. This is a powerful place. This is the kind of way in which we start the meeting. Still working. So again, in again, once you finish with them, uh, you process them, the front seats until they fill them. So we began, uh, the Lord allowed me to begin a word explosion the day before yesterday, really. Yesterday was like the first day, only because we allowed Nairobi to finally come. And I thought, because of the gravity of this message, how important it is. It would be important to open the door and give everyone a chance to hear that the glorious stairs of heaven have been lowered. The prophecy I gave on January 15th, the year 2017, when I saw the church walking those glorious stairs, going home. So I thought this would be a wonderful thing to do, to open the door that everybody may get to hear and enter and decide for themselves and get to enter the kingdom of God. And like I said, we just came back from processing visa to travel to the big meeting prepared in Italy, Palamo. But in the process, I'm trying to say that I go to many countries with this message. But I've never ever found a person in 
any country that ever told me that the reason they go to church is because they want to go to hell. I've not yet met one. So that means it's always very powerful to give every single person this opportunity to know what the Lord is saying, what the Lord is doing, you know. Catherine was your name, right? Yes, Catherine. Sandra is the other cripple. Yes, we walked. So, what the Lord is doing, the cripples are walking. And to know that the glorious stairs of heaven, we can now see. Finally, we, 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 we are beheld it. This is eternity we are seeing with our eyes. This is heaven. So it's important to give people a chance, beloved people. And that's why I said, at your workplaces, your colleagues, your neighbors, allow them to come. It doesn't matter which denominations they go to, but allow them to come and hear this, that, uh, yes, that they may be able to prepare the way. Yes, that is my son, my translator, right? The Lord bless you. You can sit over here. There's a seat for you. Thank you, my son. Right in front of you. Thank you, my son. I need, I need to stop talking to people so I can move on. Right? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So that is how the door was opened for Nairobi. And more people. Now we have a lot of guests in the house. And also, before I begin, I want to say that it's very humbling. Yesterday when I was meeting the guests, when I'm reading their emails, they wrote a lot of emails. And then I realized that probably you people need to repent. Yes, because their narrative, their conversation is that I fear to come. So what have you done that has made the sheep of Christ fear to come? You had some of them here yesterday. They said, I, I fear to come. I said, but just come as you are. This is the house of the Lord your Father. Hallelujah. So, so I was meeting them, you know, and I saw that you people have done a thing that has essentially blocked. When this idea, Simu Zawageni is a candle kwa bucket flani, Simu Zawageni. Phones, kwanzia sasa. Kwanzia sasa. Kama kuna mtu mgeni, kwanzia pale. Kama kuna mtu mgeni, Simu Zake ziwe kando, ndio wa process haraka bada kumaliza mtana. So they don't join the whole group. So the guests are given priority here, right? So, before I begin this message, beloved people, what have you done with the Church of Christ that makes my own sons and daughters like you out there say that they fear to come? Isn't that a serious indictment, right? Because when the dead body resurrected, you are celebrating Mama Rosa, Mungu wa Nabi, Jehovah, has resurrected Mama Rosa, so they must have watched you from afar. They didn't join in. Hallelujah. So I think can you, you, you may have to open the door wider. Okay? Can you allow them coming? Tafadali. Find out what it is. Allow them to come. Maybe when they come, our ashes run to them, the ladies, and throw a lesser at them. Maybe. I don't know what you do. But I shared here yesterday that one time the Lord showed me this very tremendous vision where I saw Melchizedek seated on the seat like this. Melchizedek. Everybody focus on me now. Seated on the seat like this. And his hands. And there was a path. 
And that path was illuminated. It was illuminated by light, the glory from above. So I could see really the path all the way. Then where I was standing there, there was a young man with alcohol, a bottle of beer. And he was on the path, on the path. You look at that picture. Melchizedek is sitting, seated. And where I'm standing there, there's a path. Where I'm standing there, there is a young man on the path. I was at the side. And by voice, he told me, Melchizedek. The Lord told me, this is Melchizedek. So by voice, the Lord told me, tell him to come just as he is. Hallelujah. And so what amazed me, what really amazed me, beloved people, I'm just trying to do this as well for a few more people. Um, what amazed me is that as the young man began to walk with the bottle of alcohol, so I told him, the Lord says, just go as you are. When he began to walk, the bottle fell. He dropped the bottle as he walked. So please, let them come just as they are. Don't, don't, don't make this a club. Please don't try to make a club here. Yes, because if you make it a club, people might even start saying, oh, it's a cult or what. You know, people say anything now. Hallelujah. Just allow them to come as they are, like you came, right? And only when I began preaching the message, I never told you to dress the way you dress, did I? Yes, only when I began preaching and the word touched your heart, and I see one by one you began to change dressing, it was awesome to see the transformative transformation. But out of conviction, right? Hallelujah. Yes, yeah, so I shared with them and I realized we need to open the doors. So we've been having a word explosion here. And I welcome all of you here, especially those who are not in the ministry. Remember, I belong to you too. Hallelujah. And uh, the word explosion began the day before yesterday, like I said, but yesterday... Then we had the guests. So I was able now to pass them through the basic messages that brought revival. The basic message of repentance, the turning away from sin, the message the Lord has sent me with to tell the nations to repent. Repent. Okay, somebody. Nisisikia kelele agari inje tafadhali kwa ishima kwa ajili ya wakazi wa inje hapo. Tafadhali kwa jina la yesu. Thank you. And we are live, right? Yeah. So, what I'm saying is very simple. I'm saying that uh, yesterday we began to have a discussion. And in that discussion, I began to slowly navigate you towards the message you sent me with the message for this hour, the garment of the Lord. The garment the church ought to be wearing now. And I went through the book of Revelation 19 verses 6 to verse 9 and spoke from there. And then I said a few very important things yesterday. I said that uh, the standard of worship essentially belongs to the Lord. It is not yours. And that's why we may get to Revelation 19 shortly, but let me just recap for you, beloved people. That's why over there, you hear him saying, Fire! 
finest linen, fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear, given. And that tells you very clearly that that fine linen, the garment the church needs to be wearing now, in fact the garment of eternity, that's what I'm talking about, the garment of the glorious kingdom of God, that garment is actually prepared by the Lord and presented to the church out of an act of grace and mercy. Hallelujah. Grace and mercy. It is not purchasable. If you look at the preparing of that garment is in Isaiah 53, which we are going to look at shortly. And so that is the kind of conversation we had yesterday. And so today I want to now enter into a very special area today. It will be hinging on the same things because the foundation is the same. Hallelujah. But I want to enter into a very important thing I promised yesterday. I said today, I want to understand one thing. I want to bring you my task. My assignment here today is to bring you to understand how did the Lord reach the place whereby now He lowered these glorious stars of eternity. Hallelujah. And once I'll be able to achieve that, the message therein will be transmitted, meaning there will be an instruction to the church. That's why you sit here, that you may pick the instruction the Lord has given me for the church. And take it to your churches and see how to transform your lives and so forth, right? So now, this process here, I'm sharing because there are new people in the house. I want to just repeat a little bit. It was the year 2017, January 15th. And the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, He came to speak with me about eternity. He came to speak with me about the coming of the Messiah. And when he came to speak with me about the coming of the Messiah, it was such a shocking conversation. It turned out to be a very astounding and profound, very deep conversation. And now we are seeing that the more he navigates me, and I know the whole world is tuned in all the way from North America down to South America, all the way from Africa down, Asia, Europe. So, the more we begin to walk into this message here, this prophecy that I gave January 15th, 2017, the more we see that it's so deep, there's so much treasure, there's so much instruction from it. Hallelujah. Karibu sana. Karibu AIG. Can you give him a seat, please? Yeah, that's a very senior person. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So listen, it's amazing. The more we walk in, the more we see the treasure. So let me just share it because there are people who have come today who are not here yesterday. And in that prophecy, this is what happened. When God the Father came to me to speak with me about the glorious coming of the Messiah, the Jesus you love so much, He lifted me up above the earth. And when God the Father lifted me up above the earth, then he asked me to look on my left. So I looked towards my left. And 
when I looked towards my left, lifted up and down, I saw a beautiful phenomenon. I saw the most beautiful phenomenon one can ever lay their eyes on. Why do I say so? Because I saw the church. I saw the church. It's amazing. You know this thing, you read it in the Bible, but to see it, to see the dynamic, how it will take place, is a totally different thing. So when I looked left, I saw the church being lifted up from the soil. You can call it a lift off. Hallelujah. The glorious church. The church that will enter eternity. The church that will enter into the glorious kingdom of Yahweh. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. The place we all long for. All of you long to enter heaven and call it, that is it. Tosha, Tosha. Enough is enough. Finally I made it, right? So I saw the church lift off. The lift off. That process was so shocking. Because as they left, they really actually left the soil. You know, you understand? They left the soil. And as they left the soil, what is amazing is this. I could see the Lord put strings. He put like strings. I, I thought they were strings or ropes or what. But they were pulling them. No. It simply slowed down the process. So I could see that the glory of the Lord is the one lifting them off. Beautiful, beautiful prophecy. Right? The glory of the Lord is the one that lifts the church off the ground, beloved people. Hallelujah. And so now, as they look at this now, that is on my left, they are lifting up like this. So they really left the ground and they went like this. And when they went towards left, look at this now. They reached somewhere here and turned right. They turned right. And when they turned right, now they are crossing right in my eye. Yes, when they, they went like this, when they turned right like this, they are now crossing across my eye here. And you know, for me, he gives me a little deeper. For me, normally, he shows me even some details. So I get to see some people I know also. <laughs> Amazing. Hallelujah. Eternity is real now. There is no moment in the history of the church when eternity has ever become so real as now. Hallelujah. So they were now crossing my eyes like this. As they were crossing, a few observations I want to share with you that are so important that really give, they transmit a message to you, right? One of them, I was able to see the garment they wear. The garment they are wearing. And I tell you, if there is a messenger of the garment, then this is he speaking to you. The garment. I'm going to, sh in fact, you'll always find that I'll be able to come back and now settle it on the garment. Always back to the garment. The garment. The garment. Because only by the garment you enter there. Hallelujah. And as you will see very shortly, that garment is the righteousness of the church. The righteousness of the Lord in the church. Hallelujah. What an awesome time to get somebody come to talk about righteousness at a time when righteousness is lacking most in the church. Isn't that a breather, a refresher in the church, beloved people? Hallelujah. It's very refreshing. So listen to me now. As they crossed, I saw the garment. Can I describe it a little bit? So, they were wearing this very long, white, glorious garment which covered their feet. 
So at one point it was not easy to tell who is man, female and male because really the turban, they also have a turban and the turban, look now, the weaving of the turban went up like this on the face, like that. So there was this going down like this and one intercalating it very beautifully woven and tied like this and the white turban fell back. And then the white glorious garment and then the other thing I saw is that the hand I'm describing to you the secrets of heaven the garment you wear hallelujah it has never become so real as it is now beloved people and we love it right hallelujah so now uh, the, the, the sleeves the, the hands the sleeves I saw something amazing because these hands the sleeves here is connected with a flap cloth to here this part is connected with a flap cloth. So, and, and this part. So, if when they did this, you'd think like wings or something like that. But that is just what I saw. And then, uh, as they went now crossing over, white glorious garment. Some, some of them, I saw do this. Look now. Hallelujah. Some of them like this with their children and families. So, that was so powerful. Yeah, that was so reassuring. If you ever lost hope, please, now I encourage you. But just keep on keeping on. Your sons and daughters will come back home. Hallelujah. And they will enter the kingdom of Yahweh. So, okay, that part shocked me so much. Because you know the way the Bible puts it, right? That each one must stand before the Lord. Yes, yeah, so that part, I can confess, it shocked me. I said, wow, family. By family? And they are walking in with their children. So it means you can really fight for your children. You can teach them righteousness. You can not give up. Just continue on. And fight for the Lord. And the Lord will help you. The Holy Spirit will navigate you and facilitate you. Right? So, listen to this now. Before we begin, we'll begin the message. This is now the prophecy. As they are going like this, this very huge cloud, a huge cloud was ahead of them. Very huge. The cloud that normally visits me. All of you know. The cloud that normally visits me. The huge cloud of Jehovah. Wageni tafadali mkuja tu direct mbele. Kama kuna mgeni, akuja tu mbele hapa. Thank you. Just in front. Wageni wako mbele. Yes, thank you very much. Oh yes, my daughter, I've seen you. Thank you. You can come. But for you, have a seat somewhere, right? Here. Thank you. Thank you, Wakili. Thank you. Come, oh, you come in front. Come to me today, <laughs> in front of people. <laughs> what a mighty act! <laughs> Pole Pole, don't knock any speaker. Just come, my daughter, and then there sits the Professor Ambula is. Thank you. Hallelujah. So now, right here, right here, over here. Thank you very much. Now the result. Okay, thank you. Now listen, beloved people. As they were going, then there you go. A huge, a huge cloud in front of them. A very powerful cloud, very big. The cloud that normally visits me. And that cloud was so astonishing. It was such a, a shocking cloud. I think Boshimua will sit here today, right? Yes, when he comes, you lead him here. Yes, the cloud. Thank you very much. Thank you, my daughters, for coming back. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, I need to stop greeting people, right? So I can deliver the message of Yahweh, right? 
I need to stop greeting people so I can serve the Lord, really. Hallelujah. Tafadali, I put up and open the room immediately. Thank you. Someone is receiving him there? Yes, you can receive him and bring him all the way. Thank you. Okay, let, let me continue, beloved people. He can cross, he will cross. So, look at this now. The big cloud appears. Now look at this. The door of the cloud opens. The door of the cloud opens. The cloud opens a door. And that door does not open like this. Look at this now. does not open straight. That door opens like this. Okay, let me describe it again. That door is not your door here, which is like this. We may talk you are out or in. But it opens in this direction. Such that the cloud, small amounts, you know, low levels, all the way to the huge cloud, right? And that was so powerful in what I'm describing. Because then, when they were about to enter the cloud, the door that opened, glorious stairs appeared. Hallelujah. Glorious stairs appeared. These stairs you see here. And when these glorious stairs appeared, look at what happened. Now, for the first time, look now, when they are lifting their feet to step on the stairs, I saw their glorious feet. So, my prophet says this, from this part before I finish describing it, is that I have seen your glorious feet touch the glorious stairs of eternity. Hallelujah. That is my prophecy. I have seen your glorious feet touch the glorious stairs of eternity. Hallelujah. And that's a shocking prophecy because now eternity is becoming real. This is beautiful, beloved people. The most beautiful message you can ever have, right? That we are soon going home. Where they will be. Okay, let me just put it better here. So as they entered now, because of the manner in which the door opened, so you could see at one point it was their feet disappearing, the knees disappearing. As you went on, now the waist disappeared. You can imagine that scenario up there. As they went on, then you see the chest is disappearing. At one point, they left. you see now the head only. Until the head went in and in and in and in and disappeared inside. And nobody ever looked back. I do not see anybody look back. I really did not see Mrs. Lot. I did hear someone say, just a moment. Huh? When you know, huh? What you trying to do, No. No. You cannot. Because as they went in, going into eternity, their glorious feet, touching the glorious stairs of eternity, they were losing behind. Why would you look behind? They were leaving behind cancer, malaria, divorce, tumors, fibroids, what? Everything there, divorce, unemployment. Hallelujah. They are leaving them behind. <laughs> Why would you look back? And so they went until the big cloud now, the door, covered them in. So that was the prophecy of January 15th, the year 2017. It is still new. 
In fact, ever since then, that has become the central theme, the central conversation that is throbbing the church globally, down from Australia, New Zealand, the bottom, all the way to the tip of Finland, Russia, there, the end of South Korea, to the other end of the U.S. and down. It has now become the central theme, and that's why sometimes the messages that come out of it, the title look like the entry of the church into eternity. It's a very powerful situation that the church now is going to enter. The entry of the church into eternity. Finally we are here. Finally we have hit where we are now talking about the entry of the church into the kingdom of eternity. Where there will be no more sorrows, no more disease, no more pain, no more death, no more sin. Hallelujah. So that is the place for which Jesus came to redeem us. Hallelujah. So I want to move a little faster than uh, fast forward now. So come this year, as I was planning to go to Maputo, Mozambique for a big conference and healing service. It was really big. Creeper stood up and walked and all these things. Big. The village has been walking with that creeper to the supermarket because they know the creeper. You see that? So big revival there. But before I went to Mozambique, and I think it was about one week, just one week to go. But that one week, you know, as you're preparing to pack up and go, then the Lord speaks about a conference in Nakuru. I see myself in a dream, and I'm giving a conference at the Nakuru main altar. Even the topic was given. Because I saw I was talking to the whole group, and I was talking to them about Revelation chapter 11. Hallelujah. And in that conversation about Revelation chapter 11, I was engaged in that. And then so, quickly I mobilized to go to Nakuru. How many know that obedience is key? Following the fact that Adam and Eve, the reason they brought us death is because of one word called disobedience. And the Messiah came to restore, to heal, to cure disobedience with obedience. Hallelujah. So today we're going to look at how the Messiah opened this for us. But anyway, when I saw that I was going to Nakuru, then I went to Nakuru and did this big conference. Most of you were there with a big overflow, tent and so forth. Then at the time when I was discussing Revelation 11, then all of a sudden I said, remember I have seen the entry of the church into eternity. I just mentioned such a statement. At the altar inside the tent. I was inside the tent. There's a big overflow tent. You know Nakuru, all of you. How we do the meetings. Big overflow tent out. With a big screen. That time when I said, however, I have seen the entry of the church into eternity. And I said, and I have seen how the church steps on the glorious stairs of eternity. The Lord lowered this outside. This is just how astounding. I don't know how far we can trust them. We don't want any screen to fall, right? Yeah. It's allowed to do that? It's allowed, right? Thank you. Ooh. Okay. Because if it falls, changes the whole meeting, right? Okay. You see the glory stairs? This is amazing. Hmm? This is amazing. So I'll just leave it there. And this is for this way. So... The Lord, Lord, and people outside began to take their cell phones and do what? 
of eternity. Have you ever had such a thing? <laughs> Have you ever heard of such a thing? Recording and checking their phones and finding it is inside it. Because sometimes I fear that the Lord will not allow you to be in the phone. You may record, but it's not there. But they checked and they had it, so they could put on Facebook and Twitter and everything. What generation are you then? Really, what is this generation? Can somebody help me here? Which generation are you? To be able, you say, okay, to be able to record eternity, to see with your mortal eyes, immortality, eternity, and put on the Facebook and start sharing with your friends, talking about it. I, isn't this the most coveted generation I've ever known? That the prophets of old were crying to see? Hallelujah. So, mighty time, and for me I can tell you, it implies that the prophetic timeline, if you look at the clock of God, has ticked some length. Has ticked its length. So, probably we are now on borrowed time. Oh yes, that's why it's so important you have come, my sons, the new ones from Nairobi. It is so important you came because you are just on time for it, on time. At least you will know. Information is power. Once you have it, you can make decisions, right? Yes, regardless of what career, what status in society, you still want eternity. Hallelujah. And so it was in that state of mind when now this was Lord March 11th, 2018. Is that not five months ago or less? Look at that. We're talking about a brand new message. Bread, hot, pan caliente. I'm speaking Spanish, but I don't know in Portuguese. Pan caliente? Pan caliente. Pan caliente, which is hot bread, right? Yes, pan caliente from hot bread from the throne of God. This is hot bread. Brand new. Hallelujah. And so then, the Lord lowers it, but He shocks me. When He does lower that, when he does, listen now, when the Lord lowers these tears, he shocks me very much. Why? Because if you follow the prophecy and the chronology I've just described, you'll find that the church is taken up first before the stairs appear. That's why for me as a person, he shocked me that he did this. Actually, shocked me. He reversed it for me. And if there is a message I may borrow from there or pick from there, an importation from there to be able to transmit to you, it must be that the Lord is saying, Please, look, I've laid eternity before you. Please come in. Please come to eternity prepared for you. Hallelujah. And we know that the, the two are different. Eternity in heaven and eternity in hell are very different. So really you can imagine the great disposition of love the Lord is showing this generation, right? Because he's saying, look, I've rolled out eternity for you. Look, the eternity I've prepared for you. If there is a generation that the Lord is beckoning to enter, it is you people. And that's why I'm saying, why would somebody be preaching money Pandambego do what? So you see them get what this thing you see on global Christian TV. You see it in the churches in Nairobi. When there is such a rich message, God the Father is speaking live with the church. Live! Live! Direct the Direct to the church. Direct. Himself now direct. Hallelujah. It has, it has now culminated into direct conversation. Straight talk. 
There's no need to interpret this. Because you know, this, this is about entry. Hallelujah. And then the prophecy was also given. Yes, you really have a seat, my daughter, Wakili, next to your friend there. So listen to this now. It's amazing to me that the Lord is now speaking to you, the church, directly. Direct. He's not saying, oh, let's hide it, let's conceal it. He's saying, please enter. This is eternity. Please come. And look, it is raised up there in the sky. So surely you said it was heaven, right? Now all of you know which direction heaven is. Isn't that true? Bingulako. Niwapi. Where is your heaven? Is it here on the earth? No, no, we can see. It's up there. Hallelujah. So now, that is the kind of state the church finds herself in right now. Yes, right now we are in a state where we are waiting for the second part of that prophecy to be fulfilled. Isn't that a shocking state? Huh? Yes, to be fulfilled. Aye. And the second part we know is what? Climbing and going home. How tricky, how gingerly, how critical for the church now. So now, this is where I want to center today's conference on. This one here, this conversation here. That is exactly where I want to center the message on. And today I'm going to take a little different twist because I'm going to navigate and walk you through some very important aspects of this conversation, probably concealed in your eyes, but now they're going to come out openly. Hallelujah. So now, again, first things first. I know I promised you yesterday that today we will be talking about the law of removal of sin, which is the law of the atonement for sin, and also the second part, which of course set up in the way for us to see the stairs. We remove someone had to come and take our sin, right? And the second part I said is meeting God Anna Kwa Anna. Face to face we are global. We are in global radio right now. Face to face. The law of removal of sin, which is the law of atonement for sin, and then meeting God face to face. In other words, climbing those stairs to go finally see Him face to face. Isn't that an awesome time? I'm a, I, I'm a, you know, please, sometimes you might feel, you say you're so comfortable on the earth. Are you so comfortable in Canada? You say, please, let the Lord give me a bit, 10 more years. You, we want to go up the stairs. You want to go up the stairs with a French accent, right? <laughs> they want to go up the stairs. Hallelujah. This is awesome. This is wonderful. We are at a place where any moment now, the church won't be taken. So let the Lord take me to more nations then, right? Quickly and faster. So listen to this now. I want us right now to turn to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis right away. Chapter 3, verse 24. Right away before we start anything else. Genesis chapter 3, verse 24. And I am reading from NIV. 
for those who are new here, please feel at home. This is home. This is your father. He blesses you. Hallelujah. So just feel at home. Don't feel like you're in a strange place. This is your home. You have the right to enter here and worship. And to hear what God has said. Hallelujah. So now, he's saying, Genesis 3.24, can I read, beloved people? This is what he says. If you focus on me, sometimes it's more powerful as I do it. He says, After he drove the men out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden, Kerubim. Remember in, in Hebrew, Kerubim. Haverim. That's just plural. Which means two. Kerubim of glory and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. If I were you, and I meet where it's written, the way to the tree of life, I would underline that. The way to the tree of life. Barabara inaya elekea kwenye mti wa uzima in Swahili. Then there is French and Spanish in their versions of Portuguese. To guard the way to the tree of life. Meaning, there is a way that leads to the tree of life. And I said yesterday in my preamble and conversation with you, I made it very clear yesterday, and I said that every time the Lord takes me into heaven, let me repeat this, every time the Lord takes me inside heaven to speak with me, and you know that the Lord has done this severally owing to the calling that is now apparent. Every time the Lord takes me into heaven, and I see the Caribbean of glory, the two, then I always know that God the Father Himself is right here. <laughs> A moment of truth for the child. And I think he knew that finally it would come. Hmm. One day one would usher into the scene, right? With such gravity and enormity about eternity. Number two, every time the, okay, I don't know why you're writing this thing, but I thought you were first doing introduction. Every time the Lord takes me into heaven, and he extends his hand. You know the relationship I have with the Father. It's now very clear. And he extends his hand like this. And touches the leaves from the tree of life behind the throne room. I always know. When I just see the tree of life, before even it touches the leaves and gives me and sends me to you and cripples, get up. I always go on radio and say so. But before, when I just see the tree of life, I always know God the Father is here. Hallelujah. Is he going to take a church that is young? Infant? No. So they have to feed on this type of food, right? Because it's coming from a mature church. Seasoned. Raised to the stature of Christ. A spiritual stature, right? Feeding on holiness, feeding on holiness, so that the spiritual stature can now much befit the stature of Christ. Hallelujah. So, if you are into secular dictionary, I've said, a secular dictionary, and then you plug in the word heaven, or maybe eternity, I don't know what you want to put in there. But if you put in heaven, sometimes you may wonder, why is this dictionary behaving to me like a Bible? 
Because the addiction, they may say, when you say heaven, what is heaven? They may say, okay, they say, there's maximum state of happiness, maximum state of joy, maximum state of peace, maximum state of blessedness, maximum state of bliss. And then sometimes they may say, where the key of life is. There you go now. So, he's saying that they put Caribbean of glory to guard the way to the tree of life. Look at the kind of glory and heaven and eternity God had brought down here. You can now see what sin can do. The consequences of sin. The cost of sin. Because in his first blueprint, in the blueprint of creation, there was no death factored in. Hatukwa na kifo ndani ya hile usadu, in that calculus. When he created man, he did not put in death in that equation. If man was to walk with him, obedient, obeying him, loving him, righteous, holy, there will be no death, no sadness, no mortuaries, no disease, no sickness. How powerful! And God is perfect can stretch the earth to accommodate all, as many. His powers are infinite. Hallelujah. And that's why I'm saying, now you see that the way that leads the tree of life was already closed because of sin. Are we together? Because of sin. It was closed because of sin. But now, I'm going to derive for you how we got here. Because now we can see that he's telling us, look, that look, the way to heaven is now open. How did we get there? And who did it for us? So I want to derive this very powerfully for you, beloved people. Now, if you go into the Bible, the Bible talks about the coming of the Messiah. And as the Bible talks about the coming of the Messiah, you will get two comings of the Messiah. One of them you will find in many places and also at uh, the book of Revel don't go there. Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, where it says, Look, okay, we can read, we are here to study it. We can read, Look, behold, he comes with the clouds. And every eye will see him, even those that pierced him. So it's amazing that even the enemies would see him, right? So that is one coming. And I'm reading it here, verse 7. He says, Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. Hey. In one coming, he's essentially saying that everybody will see him. In another coming, Revelation 16, 15, he says, Behold, I come like a thief, and blessed is he who stays awake and keeps his garment, his cloth with himself, that he may not go naked and be shamefully exposed. Now look at that. The other one now, he comes like a thief. Meaning not everybody will see him. 
So which of the two am I talking about? I'm talking about the, which of the two am I announcing to this conference here? This home Bible study here. A beautiful home Bible study by all standards, right? If this can be a home Bible study, I'm shocked. Then there is revival in the land. Hallelujah. Which is a very powerful thing in the land. A repented people, a holy people, are better people to manage. Oh yes. Hallelujah. A, a repented wife is a better wife. A repented husband is a better husband, you know. Son than daughter, son. But he's saying, he's saying here, beloved people, that I have come to you to announce to you the coming of the Messiah at the midnight hour like a thief. That is the one I want to talk about today. The other one comes later. It's alright. We can talk about it also because I've seen it. But please, I want to talk about this one first. And so we've seen already from the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse uh, verse 24 that the door was closed. The way was closed to the tree of life. Has it not ever bothered you, even just in your reading, let's say you are just reading as a person, the Bible on your own, then you feel like this thing is bothering me, right? Because you find him saying, let us run and block the way. Man has now fallen. Let us run and block the way that leads the tree of life. Lest they go in there with a fallen sin and take from the leaves and eat and live forever. Has it ever bothered you that, wow, does it mean if they ate from the leaves of the tree of life, with their sin, they could have lived sinful eternally without dying? Isn't that an amazing thing to think about, right? Hallelujah. So there are many things I'm not saying here, but you can pick them, you can see them. So now, having said that, beloved people, having now mentioned the closing of the door, now I want to move stepwise, because when, when we engaged, when we engaged now, he, he went ahead and he engaged with them. He went to Adam and Eve. In fact, look at this now. He makes steps. He makes steps. Quah, quah. So Adam and Eve, they hear, they hear God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Meaning God used to walk with man. The way Enoch walked with God and never saw death. How powerful that was. Hallelujah. He would be walking with God and never see death. These things of disease, case, or what would not be here. There would be no evil. Nobody, you'd not feel someone going to steal water. You'd leave everything there. I, yesterday, my daughters that were here, when I was meeting them with the bishops there, they were saying, I saw the emails. They were saying, one of the things that shocked them here is that many firms were put there on bags. And then some were busy meeting here. They want to be led to the church. They want to be prayed for and so forth. At midnight or so, they're going like this. They still found the bag and the phone right there. <laughs> Let us receive Jesus to solve crime. The problem is crime. We can solve with Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus is the answer. Anybody that finds Jesus, that may not be smart, right? Hallelujah. May not be wise. Huh? So now, it's amazing. He goes to them and asks, 
is amazing, right? Adam, Adam, where are you? He's asking as though, no, I don't see. And yet he sees everything even under the soul. Ask me, I'll share with you quite a bit about the Lord. And I said, that kind of asking was reminiscent of the God's will say, of the Lord will saying that, well, the one I see now hiding under that tree, and the snake is next to him cold with a tongue like this, the snake's eyes are open now wondering what is next. He said, that one is not my son. So you could tell kind of a denial. So that's not the one I created. No, not that one. Not that one. Mm. I'm looking for my own son. The one I love so much. So much, so much. And gave him, in fact, I devolved power. Devolution. It's good to see my daughter Wangoi, you have come. Thank you, the Lord bless you. You see, they promised to come back, they came back. Hallelujah. So now, listen to this now. It's amazing. He's asking as though he cannot see, and yet he could see exactly where they are hiding. Adam, Adam, where are you? He says, oh, I heard you walking in the garden of Renway, a fellowship that was so close, walking together, has now turned into fleeing fear, terror, and fear of him I ran away. Oh, sin is bad. Sin is bad, beloved people. Separates you from God. Sin separates the blessed children of God from their own God. Listen to this now. As he does that, something so powerful comes out as he engages with them before he read. How did you know you are naked? Did you eat from the tree I told you not to eat of? They said, oh yes, the woman you gave me. And the woman also said, oh yes, the serpent lied to me. That confession, <laughs> that confession of sin was so powerful. It was so mighty. And that's why today, as I describe how the stairs were opened, I want to talk about the blood sacrifice. Hallelujah. The sacrifice of the blood. The sacrifice that opened for us this way. Which had been closed and took a ruby with flaming sword. Say, well, if you come, I'll slaughter you. That kind of thing. Now opened and God is rolling it out to you people. Hallelujah. This is a powerful thing, beloved people. So now, it is so powerful because in that engagement, you hear confession of sin. Oh, it's the woman. Oh, it's the serpent. You know, that, that confession was so powerful, it gave birth to Genesis. Because now, remember, remember one thing, beloved people, that right now I'm handling the first part, which is the law of removal of sin. Are we together? So don't lose me. I said there are two things we'll handle tonight. The next one is going to be how to access God. How to climb up and meet God face to face. What a beautiful... Uh, is it Wednesday? Which day is it? Wednesday. What a beautiful Wednesday. After your work, a home Bible study has become this kind of fountain. And the nation that tuned in. Isn't Kenya a blessed nation? 
that other nations are now learning from the classroom called Kenya. Hallelujah. This is wonderful. So he's saying that the power of confession was felt because immediately after that, then you see Genesis 3.21. I can begin right there, right? Are you ready with me? So Genesis 3.21, which I'm going to run over quick and then go to my topic because today I really want to run through time. Genesis 3.21, beloved people, with very senior, senior bishops seated here. What an awesome thing. Oh, the church that enters, right? Very mighty. It says the following, Genesis 3.21. It says, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. We can even stop right there. What is he saying here? Is, excuse me. Can my young men there come and sit in the front here? Are you able to do that? Thank you, Pastor Eno. Come, so we film this place. It's even more beautiful when you shoot the video when the seats are full, right? And the world is listening to me, of course. Hallelujah. Because we are just real. Thank you. Do it as first. I don't know where you brought your seat, but the seats are there. Just enter. Just enter. Put that on there and enter. Can you do so in 20 seconds? Thank you. Thank you. Now is a better shot, right? Thank you. Thank you, my sons. From the university, right? Oh, 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 oh. These are now university students. Loving the Lord. They are not in the bar somewhere drinking or looking for girls. They have come to sit under the counsel of God. Revival is a beautiful thing. Sons and daughters come back home. Hallelujah. And I need to meet you today before you go, right? Thank you. Hallelujah. Sons university students. And when you hear them on radio, you hear them sometimes, uh, most until uh, you hear them saying, oh, I'm a university student, I'm pastor, so and so, until you said, hey, they're pastors. What revival can do is amazing. Oh, yes. At the time when the devil wants to rob them away, they HIV AIDS, this age. Then the Lord says, enough is enough. Hallelujah. I'm taking back that, that which is mine, right? Okay, but once you're seated, I'll move on, beloved people. Thank you very much. I want to move on. Thank you very much. I will move on. If you don't have a seat, you just put it on the tarmac there, on the tarmac. On the, yeah, thank you. And, and, and get to listen to the word. Okay, now listen to this now. He's saying that it's so powerful because now when they confess sin, they agree they have sinned. If you go back to Genesis 3, 7 and 8 and all that, how they were hiding and so forth, God walking the cool of the day, God reaching out to his fallen children. Once they now confess their sin, then you see Genesis 3, 21. Where the, look now, the wages of sin is death. There is a case. A case was presented in the higher courts. The highest court the higher chambers of justice, and you know who the judge is, right? right? The judge. In the, the higher chambers of justice of heaven, upper chambers, there was a case that was prosecuted against sin. 
And when the case was being prosecuted against him, the writings of the judgment said, the Lord is holy. Excuse me. That the Lord is holy. The writings of that sentencing and judgment said, the Lord who is holy. And when you read further on, it says, and the wages of sin is death. And when you read further on, then you find an appendix, an addendum added. Where at that moment, Christ Jesus the Messiah walked right straight and lifted his hand, his hand like this and said, However, for the family of God, I pay the charity. Hallelujah. Akasema amelipa tayari. Amelipa. Hallelujah. The salvation we profess. And so from that point on, if you read now further the writings of God up there, it says the following. It says, therefore, for anybody that believes in Christ Jesus as Lord and takes him and takes this wonderful covenant of the blood, which we are talking about now, of the cross, of the grace, he said, for them now, a substitute, but, but no, no, focus on me now. Do you remember the wages of sin is death? It did not change. He is simply saying, the death, the type of death. Either you pay it yourself, or a lamb, a perfect lamb of God, dies for you. <laughs> That's why in Egypt, when the angel came, every house he saw the blood in you, Abana, here, he said, no, here, death has already occurred. The wages of sin has happened here. So he jumped, meaning a substitute death has occurred. Hallelujah. Are we together? Can I move on now? So he's saying that that is the reason he now brought, look, and God, they had not killed an animal. Adam and Eve were vegetarian, eating vegetables. At this point, they have not slaughtered. You can't say they killed to eat. They have not worshipped. There is no worship of the blood. But when sin has come, isn't it powerful that the first death which fulfills the wages of sin is death is actually the perfect Lamb of God slaughtered for you over there? 3.1. And that became, look at now, because we are talking about the atonement of sin, that became the installation of the sacrifice of the blood. He installed it. From that point on, we began to worship the blood. From that point on, if you go to Hebrews 9.22, which we are going to see, which I run, I run to right away, before we go anywhere else, Hebrews 9.22, which I run to just now, and this says the following, and I give this message with all my joy and my thorax and lungs and heart. And he says the following. In fact, the law requires nearly everything to be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So then the sacrifice of the blood is installed. The worship of the blood is instituted, is now established. Genesis 3.1. Hallelujah. 
So now, I have brought you to this sacrifice of the blood. I want to begin an expedition with you. I want to pursue a scholarship with you on this matter. This matter of the law of removal of sin. That we may really dig deep and pull out because already the wonder has happened we have. So just to dig in and find the instruction to the church. What is the message to the church? How wonderful. What a beautiful church. Hallelujah. How many are sitting here and you are loving it? At what you are hearing. This is very powerful. Thank you. The Lord bless you. I love it too. Because I know that out of these churches and people will enter. Churches. Whole churches also will enter. Hallelujah. But can I move on with this now? Can I move on? Because I have a long journey here. So now, I have already introduced the sacrifice of the blood. So let me just run through a few bureaucratic items here and then go into the matter. Right? The thick of it. Right? Genesis 22 verses 1 to 19. Are you together? Genesis 22, 1 to 19. Hallelujah. And uh, I don't know how I can read. But let's try. Because it's a long one. He said, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of the Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Verse 3. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled the donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for a place that God had told him about. Verse 4. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in a distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey. I, well, I and the boy go over there and we will worship. Then we will come back to you. Then verse 6 it says, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went up together, Isaac verse 7, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, it was father Abraham, Father, yes my son Abraham replied, the fire and the wood is here, they are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamp for the burnt offering? Verse 8, Abraham answered, God will provide the lamp for the burnt offering, my son. <laughs> this is a beautiful story. It says, and the two of them went together. When they, were, when they had reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built up an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He, he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took a knife and he took a knife to slay him. Can you imagine the graphic picture, right? The one and only son, the promised son. You know, there's so much promise on this son. But now you have to slaughter. And then he says the following, beloved people. He says, uh, which verse was I? Verse 12? Verse 11. Then he says, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from who? From who? You have not withheld from who? From me. So you know who the angel was. It was Jehovah himself. You have not withheld from me. Your one and only begotten. 
begotten son upon whom there is so much promise even the nations are going to be blessed through him so why and how are you slaughtering you see that now amazing and then he goes on to say the following beloved people with all the love from the lord then he said Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And so forth. And then down there he said, I will surely bless you and make you make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand of the seashores. And so forth. And then further on he says, The nations of the earth will be blessed because of you. Because you have obeyed me. So, he draws in the blessing to the nations. So, are you picking it now? Can I explain it? It's amazing now that at that time, then the perfect lamb appears. And he goes and slaughters the perfect lamb on the Maria. And look at this now. If you read further on in the New Testament, you find that. At that place, at that moment, the Messiah himself said that when he offered that animal that was lowered from heaven, then he saw a vision when the Messiah was crucified. Ah, how powerfully God we serve. He now saw when the Messiah was crucified. And so, this is yet another moment when the Lord is using a family to transmit forth the covenant of the grace that brought atonement of sin. Using a family. He's using a family to demonstrate the covenant of grace he has prepared. He's using Abraham and the son, Isaac, to demonstrate the covenant he has prepared for the church, for you here, to demonstrate to you how he is eventually going to open this door through the covenant of the blood, beloved people. How awesome a God will serve. Because he could have said, no, let them pay for it. Right? Can I move on now? So that is yet another place because I'm deriving this, I'm developing this wonderful conversation on the installing of the worship of the blood. Hallelujah. And then it goes on now. Read with me John Exodus chapter 12, verses 5, all the way to verse 7. 5 is suffice, but you can read up to 7. But this is so beautiful, beloved people. Because you can now see. When man has fallen, the way to eternity is closed. Then the Lord is extending a hand. The hand of grace. Hallelujah. <laughs> Exodus, beloved people, chapter 12. I don't know we just touch one or two things there. Verse 5 is good for us. Moshimua Kabingu is good to see you. Thank you so much. I see you yawning. Do you need some water? Are you okay? Thank you. Then it says here, it says the following. Um, your Exodus 12 verse 5, it says, The animals you choose must be year old males without defect. Are you together? 
were given some time to really inspect the land and ensure there is no defect. And the animals you choose must be here or male without defect. And I have talked to someone on blamelessness. The authority of the government of righteousness, what that authority bestows inside the church. And I said one of the things that authority bestows in the church is called restoration of blamelessness. Restoring blamelessness. That now nobody can point a finger at you again. And I said, when you look at blamelessness, the history of it is that in the Old Testament, it was used to describe the animal, the perfect animal that used to be sacrificed in the temple, at the altar. So that's in the Old Testament. And I said, when you come to the New Testament, now the name blamelessness becomes the middle name of Jesus. The perfect Lamb of God without defect. That is now the Messiah Jesus. The one that raised you, my daughter, from being crippled. Hallelujah. Ah, the perfect land of God without defect. So now, we are seeing that with Abraham here, he is doing this with Abraham and Isaac to emulate what he has done, what he is going to do, the fourth prophecy, his one and only begotten son, to slaughter for the church to access him, to connect, to bridge, to bridge between God and man. Can I run there then? To bridge between God and man. Are you ready? Can I run there? The book of Genesis 28. Genesis chapter 28. I think it's verse 10 to 17. Let me check it out for you first. Genesis. Can I read it? Verse 10 to 17. The bridge he prepared. Can I read it now? It says the following. It says, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haram. Beersheba. I, I stayed in Beersheba for a few years. When I was stuck there, Ben Gurion. Ben Gurion is the father. Of the state, you know, because they have to fight to. Can you bring more people to fill the back seat here whenever you get? Those who are far away, they are sits here, please. Just walk slowly and fill the back here. All the men who are sitting here can move like this to give room for the next person so it's done seamlessly. Beloved people, in the same spirit of uh, the Holy Spirit and brotherliness and salvation and love and mercy and grace, right? So you're saying. But Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put... Can you, let me wait until you finish this because you are missing a very important message. Thank you. Thank you so much. Because I know more people are coming and we have run out of seats. Thank you. Nyinyi ambao mketi hapa mketi tu kwa hizi mchaza kabisa mbele yako hiyo iko mbele yako ndio sasa wale ambao wanakuja nyuma wataketi nyuma si ndio can you do that in one minute please in the name of Jesus so that there's less movements but still being mindful of thy brethren right 
Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Just be seated. If you find a seat, sit on it. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I can move on. General Chaka. What a beautiful message for Nairobi. When the sun is setting, right? <laughs> I've always told the nations that the story of Kenya is beautiful. Kenya is a classroom. You have to learn from there. Yeah, the nations have to learn from you. Because the message is about eternity. Come on now. How better can it be? Come on now. It's about eternity, my sons and daughters. Eternity. Everybody wants to enter it. Hallelujah. Now you can sit wherever you are. And we spent a lot of time at the visa office, right? But now we are here. Fighting for the other nations, right? Thank you. Now you can be seated. Once you have a seat in front of you, sit on it. Please, please, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Can I move on now? Yes, sit down. Thank you, my sons and daughters. What a beautiful church. All the communities of Kenya are seated here now. Oh! <laughs> what an answer! <laughs> all the communities, all the nations are here. There's Ireland there. Eh? Everyone is here. My daughter Catherine Deritu is from Ireland. So she represents Ireland here. And Finland and Germany. And everyone is here. So can I move on now? So now, I am reading about this bridging he came to do. Because we see very clearly that Abraham is supposed to slaughter his one and only begotten son, the promised son. How do you slaughter them? But the Lord was emulating what he had already set up with the, only, with the darling of heaven, his one and only begotten son, Christ Jesus, my Lord. I, how do you offer one? So, when Abraham is trying to do so, the purpose was to bridge. You can see that God was trying to get a connection with man. To reconnect with man. And so we are reading now here, Genesis 28. We are reading Genesis 28 here. And this is what it says, I was reading already, that Jacob set out on a journey. And when he reached, he was, he was going to Haran. When he reached this place, it was night, he was tired, he took a stone, and Jesus raised his head. And look at what he says. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw the stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above he stood the Lord and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants this land and so forth and the blessing to the nations through them. Look at that. Talking to Jacob and telling Jacob that I will use the house of Jacob to bring forth the Messiah. Hallelujah. How did you see the Messiah? The bridge. The connection between earth and heaven, beloved people. Oh, how we love heaven, right? I want to walk here now. Hallelujah. My glorious feet to touch the glorious stairs of God. Because everything will have been finished on that day. No more.
more stomach aches, no more headaches, no more divorces, no more unemployment, no more cancer, no more deaths, no more pain, no more fear, anxiety, meeting psychologists, no more trembling, no more whatever wounds, pain, wrath, disappointment, frustration, rejection of this world, the sorrows of this life, no more and no more eternally. So, the way he presents to Jacob, Christ the Messiah, he presents as a ladder that connects heaven to earth. Are we together? And that is the absolute contrast with Genesis 11 when mankind tried to build a tower to connect with God and it collapsed. The Tower of Babel. <laughs> this night, this past night, the day that I was coming to give this message, and this is the dream that I saw. There's a lot of dynamic on this dream here at the upstream when it begins, and then I'm on a road. But I could see, I don't know why you made me see thorns. A lot of thorns are on the side of the road. And then, look at this now. I saw a detour. But that exit I saw, everybody focus on me now. The road went like this. The road was going down. It was going straight, straight. But the exit, if you're going on it, then the exit, look at this now, has to be like this. Right? Again, let me do that. That curve. If you're going like this and this is the exit, it really has to curve like this. That is the way roads are built. But the other exit, so when I was trying now to see how these people are going to exit, but the exit was as though the road is coming from that side. So it was like this. So for those coming from this, wow, how are we going to make this? But when I looked down there, I saw a city. And I saw the city of Babel. This past night, this night, yesterday, it's not even 24 hours. I say, in fact, the way he showed it is that down there now, where the exit goes, is that the, on top of the building, there is something written with chuma welded, the letters put there. So at first when I woke up, I was like, wow, why this? There's a lot more on the dream, though, upstream. But of course, the fans and so forth. So, when I woke up, I was like, what? The city of Babel, why? Then I realized he wanted me to talk about it. Hallelujah. Welcome to the kingdom of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now, if you read the book of Genesis 11, it's a different version from what we are seeing in Genesis 28. And this is what it says here as I begin to build this story about the blood. And it says, Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found the plains in Shinar, in Shinar, and settled there. Verse three. They said to each other, "Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly." They used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, "Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower." that reaches all the way to heaven, and the rest you know. When man makes effort to stitch fig leaves, 
says, that is how I want to approach God. In other words, how I want to reach God. Then the Lord says no. He wants to slaughter an animal and cover them with the skin of the animal which symbolizes the garment of righteousness that the Messiah will bring to the church. The garment that when you wear, you will walk these beautiful stairs like this and go. Hallelujah! The garment of righteousness foretold, prophesied. And you see it all the way up to Isaiah 61, which we are not reading now. But look at this now. So, God now comes and says, it's not fig leaves. It is the sacrifice of the Lord. Because the Lord has the yardstick for worship. The standard for worship is by God. Only He determines the standard of worship. The Lord Jehovah. His name is Yahweh. Look at this now. That garment, the skin, now works. Now they can approach God and we can begin to transact with them towards this grace. And yet, we also see that when the people of Babel tried to build their own solution to reach God, it collapsed. They said, no, we will build a bridge. We want to build a bridge. We want to reach, they want to see him face to face. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? They want to build it because they said, no, we must see him face to face. And then it collapses. And then when the Lord builds in Genesis 28 with Jacob, and it connects beautifully, and it bespeaks the Messiah. So truly the Messiah is the bridge. Only the Messiah can allow us to enter heaven. Hallelujah. Yeshulibana. Tunampenda. Mimhalme. He is the king. He is the Lord. His bridge works. Now he connects man. I don't want to go so much like this because of time, right? Hallelujah. So now, having brought you to this point, still developing the message on the sacrifice of the blood. In other words, I'm talking about the atonement for sin. In other words, the law of removal of sin. Because I said, I have to explain to you how we got here. We are now saying, please come forward. Come. Eternity has been prepared for you. Please come. I, I would want to run there if I were you, right? So now, the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse 20. I'll read two, three scriptures and I'll explain. Revelation 14, verse 20. I'll read two scriptures, explain it, and then move on. Beloved people, because eventually, can I just give you a little panoramic view, a bird's eye view where we're headed to? What I'm intending to do here is to build a case. In my deposition, what you're saying, I'm building the case for the blood. The case for the lamb. And as I build the case for the lamb and the blood, the cross, you are seeing that I'm talking about the atoning of sin, but eventually I'm going to talk about how the church should meet him face to face. Because that's the ultimate, right? You became born again to meet God, right? Hallelujah. But in so doing, 
am now going to take you to a place where I'm going to talk about what I'm about to read now, about the suffering outside the gate. Looking at the law that was established by heaven to be observed about atoning sin, and then, and how Jesus came and fulfilled it, and then, after that, I'll now deal with the matters of ascension. Ascension. How now, Jesus himself, the forerunner of the church, already ascended. I really finished this sermon today. If I am going to be successful with you people time-wise, we'll be finishing with Christ Jesus ascending into heaven and open, forerunner, opening the way for you no wonder had been laid. Christ Jesus climbing the stairs that you may climb. Hallelujah. The Lord be glorified. Revelation, beloved people, chapter 14, verse 20, I'm ready. And I need to do so real quick. So you realize at the end we're finishing with the rapture, right? That's what I've essentially said, the rapture of the church. Revelation 14, Verse 20. Let me do this now. And I know people are tuned in in churches, full homes. By the way, there are a lot of churches which are very full now. Churches are full as we speak. Tuned in. This is just how big this revival is. There are many churches, and globally, not just in Kenya. Kenya, of course, leads. But all over the world, no matter the time, people are now tuned in at this hour. Following what the Lord is saying. How awesome. One big global Bible study, right? It's a Revelation 14, verse 20. This, this is what he says. And he says this. He says, once I get to read it. They were trampled in the wine press outside the city, and the blood flowed out of the press, rising as high as the horses' bridles, the horses' bridles, for a distance of 1,600 stadia. Again, he said, when that pressing was done outside, then the blood flowed. And he's trying to talk about the magnitude of the blood. He said, the height of the horse, the distance of 1,600 stadia. That is a lot of blood, right? Hallelujah. So let me read them all and explain to you. Leviticus chapter 4, verse 12. Leviticus 4, beloved people, verse 12. How many are happy to be here? It's always good to gauge, right? Are you still my friends, my sons and daughters? Thank you. Because the message is a very good message. You really take it and teach your church, teach your home, teach your children, teach your husband, teach your wife. Tell them about eternity. Prepare them, right? Leviticus chapter 4. Verse 12, that's what I'm reading, right? Thank you so much. Leviticus 4, once you are there, you say amen to me. Leviticus 4, 12, this is what he says. And he says, That is all the rest of the bull he must take outside the camp to a place ceremonially clean where the ashes are thrown and burn it in a wood fire on the ash heap. You can imagine, after they have 
just naked. So using staves, staves. So four men, two behind, two in front, and they would have to take the, the bull that has been sacrificed to a particular place outside the gate of the city to set it on fire into ashes. Leviticus 16.27, beloved people. 16.27. He says the following. The bull and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought into the most holy place to make atonement, must be taken out of the camp. Their house, their flesh, their offers are to be burnt up. I have read that now. The law that was established by Jehovah for atonement of sin, for the sin offering. Now, turn with me to Hebrews 13, verses 11 and 13. Hebrews 13, 11 and 13. Then I'll explain everything together. Hebrews 13, 11 and 13. Here we go now. Hebrews 13, 11 to 13. The high priest carries the blood of the animals into the most holy place as a sin offering. But the bodies are burnt outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Do you understand now? Oh yes. He said that was the law that the Lord established for the atonement of sin. And that's why what they did was very simple. They always took whoever it is, whatever crime or sin you committed, murder or whichever the case, if you are now to be crucified, they crucified outside the city gate. Outside, not inside, outside the city. And outside of that place, look at this now. Once you are crucified there, it always was on a kind of a hill that when people are walking into the city, they saw. They always saw. What did they see? They saw what this city stands for. I, let me repeat this. As they walked in, going toward the gate, they said, who are those? Oh, they, they, they have been crucified. Yeah. Why? They committed uh, rape. They committed murder. So you understood what was not acceptable inside this city. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Because they slaughtered out but took the blood inside for the atonement of sin. But that was the structure, the architectural blueprint for that law for the atonement of sin. And the Messiah had to come to fulfill it. And they said, Cursed is he that hangs on the tree. So he took the curse. And now getting closer. He hung out there. He was hanging out there. He was out there, outside the gate. That's why you see, before he was killed, before he died, when he was, he knew his time had come, slowly he began to make his way outside the gate. Oh, that is very sad. That's very sad. Make his way out. Because he knew the law. And he had come, not to rubbish the law, but to fulfill it. 
And then he was crucified outside the city. The law of atonement for sin, the law for removal of sin, that is how the Lord set it up and had to be observed, had to be followed. To the letter, the Messiah came and followed it. But his blood, can, can I read one step and then explain it, right? This is the book of John 17. John chapter 17 now, verse 5. Then I'll explain it to you better. I'm moving closer to the message now. Some of you are like, oh, but man of God, you always say that. When we are so fine to the message, then you say, I'm about to begin. <laughs> John chapter 17. John chapter 17, 17 verse 5, okay? Thank you, my son. John chapter 17 verse 5. Hallelujah. John 17 verse 5. Look at this now. He's saying, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Before Abraham was, I am the ancient one. He's saying that there is a glory we and the Father had in the beginning before time, time began. And because sin had happened, sin, Adam and Eve have done what they have done. They have brought universal death. Universal death. Oh, that's terrible. Universal. And it spreads across generations, right? Because Adam and Eve have done that, then now there is need for a perfect lamb to be offered to atone for the sins of men. And look at this now. The darling of heaven. And when it's time now for him to go and fulfill that law for the atonement of sin as set up by God in Leviticus 4, 12, Leviticus 16, look at what he does. He now has to exit the gate of heaven. To walk out of heaven and come and die outside the gate. Oi! Messiah, pay for all. Oi, my Lord. And he says, they are the glory. He sheds it. He sheds it. If you look at the whole paradigm in the book of Numbers, how he died, he entered and he clothed himself like a civilian. And he entered inside and died like any other person. Amazing, the king of glory. Why do we do this? I had an argument with John the Baptist before the throne because of the ache, the pain. The Lord. Why was there not another way I was crying at that time before the throne of God? You know this is all over the world. But look at this now. He had to step out and cross the borders of heaven, cross the gate of heaven, and come and die out. And look at this now. In the book of Hebrews, as we read, chapter 13 says, to die out so that we may now sanctify those who are going in. Going in. Going in, very powerful, beloved people, sanctify them. I said I want to talk a little bit about how we came here, how we reached here where now. He rolls the stairs, he makes mere mortals, mortals with sinful eyes, to now see heaven, to see eternity. To see eternity. Before you enter there, you see it. Who are we, my daughter, Bishop Mangola? Who, what generation is this? <laughs> 
a shocking generation. An unbelievable generation. Meaning, if you fail to enter world war, what will you ever tell the Lord? What will you ever tell the Lord? Everything has been laid out to bear and plain to you. So can I move on now? I want to move on to this thing. So, this is where I wanted to reach so that I can generate a conversation with you. And before I do that, allow me to read only two scriptures, and then I'll be able now to handle with you the ascension of the Christ and the message it transmits to the church, the ascension of the church. That's why this is here. He climbed on them first, that you two may come and do it. Climb on them. What a beautiful message. Came and said, Linda, for the Spanish speaking that are tuned in listening to me all over the world. Came and said, Bonita. Bonito. Is it Bonita or Bonita? Is it feminine, lastly? Feminine, Bonita. Came and said, Bonita. Hallelujah. What a mighty message. Came and said, Pure. What a pure message. About eternity, strictly based on eternity, centered on eternity and urging a generation to prepare for eternity. What a powerful message. In the middle of the week, in the city, a home Bible study. A home, you know, a home Bible study, you promised me you would come back. A home Bible study. But the someone of your lifetime. I <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Sana. And bring all my daughters, the new ones, bring them, give them seats in the front. Let's move on. Because we're live on radio globally. So I want us to tie the loose ends of this part, the loose ends of this, by going to Isaiah 53, that you see the travailing of the Messiah, the passion of the Christ, how he died and suffered. He was crushed. And he says, and it was the will of the Father that he be crushed. Aye! And the Father shut the heaven, did not see. He could crush man. And I remember when he showed me how Jesus was crucified, that was the end of my life. It was bad. It was very bad. Isaiah 53, just 1 and 2, and then I read Isaiah 52, then I finish with Hebrews 9, which you read already. So, beloved people, still feeding you on pure bread, hallelujah, from heaven, Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 now. Coming all the way from Sotik. Thank you. Thank you, my son, Bishop Justin Langat. Look at how beautiful it is. The whole Kenya is here, right? This is a beautiful church. It really cures everything, Mashimiwa, right? Yes, everything. This is how the church of Christ should look like. But sometimes in Nairobi, you have tribal churches. The pastor is sitting here. Can I give that to you now? Oh, yes. The pastor is this tribe. <laughs> and then... Uh, Thank God this one came from the kingdom of God. <laughs> and then he found the instant is the same. And then down the line, leaders and so forth. No, 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 please no. Let us build the church of Christ. Oh yes, for the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh yes, let's stand for the Lord. It's so powerful. Hallelujah. So look at this now. He's saying in Isaiah chapter 53, which I need to get to quickly. Okay, so, uh, Kaya, sorry, there is a bus on this side? There is a bus on this side? With people, oh, can, can you even tell them to leave? Please, let them never 
around that area because then we'll have a lot of noise from yeah, there we are loud but still it's good to be courteous right yes I know we are loud we have everything but it's good to be courteous Isaiah 53 then he says you can read as you want verse 5 ok you can start from verse 2 
verse 15. Again, verse 14. Just as there are many. Just as there are many who are appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man, and his form so mad beyond human likeness, so will he sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. He was damaged. He looked not like man anymore. He did not look like a human being. The price of the cross. I just want you to remember one thing. Every time you fall into sin, this is what I want you to remember. Every time you have this contemplation and this raging debate in your heart and soul telling you, ah, should you do it? No, don't do it. Should you do it? This is what I want you to always remember. The passion of the Christ. The suffering of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And as I want to catch up with time, beloved people, at that point now, I want now to slowly transition into the ascension of the Messiah. The rapture of the Christ, actually. That's what I'm talking about. How he was raptured, how he ascended, that we too may be raptured, we may ascend, right? Because the stairs are here. And those to climb them are here, right? Mm-hmm. So why don't I just give the message then? Because the stairs are there, and the climbers of them are here, right? And ready. <laughs> Thank you, my son from Hope FM. Thank you so much. Why did you squeeze yourself in there? Can't we get him a seat somewhere? Thank you. Can you just come out? So we give you a seat somewhere. There is a seat here. Thank you. Bring it to me. You can sit there, my son. Thank you. So you will sit here. Oh, but that is too close, right? Can I bring the chair somewhere else? Thank you so much. Thank you. I always preach and I'm alive to facts and things, right? Thank you. Have it there, my son. So you can transmit it also through the channel and platform. But look at this now. I want now to talk about how the Messiah ascended those stairs. And then from there, there is an importation. I will make an import into the church. How you too will ascend the stairs. Can we start there? Now, the book of Acts chapter 1. Oh, real quick, because I have so much for you. The book of Acts chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. Then I will bring it down to 11. Hallelujah. And remember the conference continues tomorrow. The neighborhood, the neighborhood. Please, please. Oh yes, yes. For me I just want to be honorable, right? That they allow the Bible study, you know? Please. We are born again. We have to honor that, right? Yes, uh, yeah. So listen to this now. It is so powerful here because it's saying in the book of Acts chapter 1, it so happened to the disciples and it shocked them. Look at what it says, verses 9 to 11. Again, the book of Acts chapter 1, I'm reading 9 to 11, said, After he said this, he was taken up. Before that, you see that he lifts up his nail pierced hands to bless them. Nail pierced. Nail pierced hands to bless them. Nail pierced. With nails to bless them. Then at that time this happens. Verse 9, beloved people. After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and the cloud hid him from their eyes. Can you imagine that sight? For me, I saw it with the church here. Okay, I have seen it with the Messiah. Can I describe that also? 
have seen this with the Messiah, but it was different because they had come to speak with me about the coming of the Messiah. So, on the left-hand side of the sky, real quick, right, not left, right-hand side of the sky, real quick, everything was done there, the voice and the trumpet happened there, and I've already repeated this trumpet several live globally, right? Can I repeat it today? This is how the trumpet was sounded that day. Let me repeat it. That is how it will sound. Not I've said this globally when I was at Moduro, uh, at Nini, at uh, Mombasa, I did it, but I did it at uh, your church, previous church, Mother Note. Thank you, Janachaka, at your church. On that day, that is how the trumpet will sound. This event will happen. You will remember me one day. And I want you to remember me when you are up there. It's better that way. It's better that way. It's better that way. It's better that way when you are up there. But I don't want that now people have gone and you remember and say, Oh, this old man used to warn us all the time. Every time he opened his mouth, said the Messiah is coming. Righteousness, holiness, repentance, prepare the way. And we didn't listen. I don't want you to remember me in that way. Because that church I've also seen. The roll and the soul. He made me roll so I can feel. You know the way he speaks with the servant? It makes you go through. Like yesterday, I was walking on that road towards the, the highway and Babel was this way. He involves you so that you can transmit the exact message, right? And so, after the trumpet and everything happened on this side, the right hand side, and then the Messiah appeared in the sky, in that tremendous dream. And when he appeared, let me tell you one thing. This time around, the Messiah has a crown on his head. Let me tell you. Because when he appeared, the first thing he did, he presented to me the nail-pierced hand like this. That has become his identity. The only thing that mankind is known for in heaven right now is the wounds and the scars of the, mess, of the Messiah's body. The reputation of man. The only thing that is man-made in heaven today are the wounds of the Messiah. The scars of the Messiah. I want you to think about these things. Somebody, can you give me some drinking water so I help my daughter here? Yeah, Wangeshi, you are somewhere, my daughter? Yes, thank you. Thank you. I'll give you. Thank you. Thank you. As well. Thank you. In the bottle, right? Thank you. So listen to me here. Listen very well. He appears here. The first thing he presents to me from the sky, the nail pierced hand. The glorious hand, but with the nail pierced. And then, the same hand, he uses the right hand when he's on this side. The right hand, he takes the same hand and he prepares the crown. This time around, the Messiah is not coming to die for the church at Calvary. He has a crown. So let us just be born again with this first Calvary. He is not going back, however bad the situation will be. Because when you look at the church in Nairobi, it's as though they are crying for second deliverance. 
abortions in the church. Pastors are sleeping with girls, left and right pregnancies, and all these issues. It's called uh, defaming his name, defamation. They are committing a slander against his name. Contempt. They are bringing his name to disrepute in the eyes of the average thinking persons, citizens of the earth. But then after he prepared the crown, then he began to walk across the sky. And as he walked, it was amazing. Because as he walked across the sky, I've not even described the sash, as he walked across the sky, it's amazing because every single place he stepped with his feet, going this way, but coming from here, wherever I came from, I could see the footprint of glory, 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 glory. So my question then is, can you give, just, I need to give my email, so let me give my address. So my question is, could it be true? Could it be true that the Messiah brought his glorious feet onto our dusty roads and we are still rejecting him? Could that be true? Then that would be a problem. That would be a very serious problem. Oh, thank you, my son. You said I repent. You see that? Then that would be a very big problem. Could it be true that the Messiah brought his super glorious feet on our dusty roads then we tortured him and abused him. I really want to get the message. He's got a head here. But anyhow, when he walked, what amazed me is the footprints of glory that he made as he was walking across. You can imagine this vision here. And he's going, and then he goes all the way to the end there. When he reaches there, he turned and faced me. But I could see wherever he came from. Glory, 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 foot, footprint. But look at this. When he reached there, he raised the other hand and showed it to me. He showed me the other nail pierced hand and he used the same hand to prepare the crown. That time I'm now standing like this. And this camera is on. I'm now standing like this. And then I'm looking at him and he is facing me now. And so the, the other hand, he took that hand and he prepared the golden crown. And then at that moment, I don't know why, I said, Lord, I felt so good. I said, Lord, please take me with you. I said it. I felt very good because I was now here, seeing him face to face. Then I heard, I was told, your time is not yet. But listen to this now. In that one thing, this loving, this, this is beautiful, I could see his tears, I mean his, uh, his, his, his glory, the feet, the, the, the footprints. When I'm still enjoying that, then he looked down like this, then he turned like this. And he turned like this, looking down. And the cloud came and covered him like this. And I remember I wept. But he left me in that situation for some time before I woke up. So I still looked at the footprints. After that I woke up. Then I wept. So I have seen I have seen something similar to what the apostles saw when he disappeared in their eyes. When he disappeared, the cloud came and covered him. I said, I cried. So he's saying here in the book of Acts, he's saying in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 9, after he said this, he was taken away. He was taken.
taken up before their very eyes and the cloud leading from their sight. Look at this now. It's a passive. It is passive. He says, He was taken away from them. Not, He took Himself away. He was taken away from them by somebody. By God the Father. That is going to be so key because you can see even what I described there. I talked about the strings that were pulling the church. The church was taken away. The church will be taken away. It is heaven that determines. And that is so powerful because then very shortly you are going to see that thank God is up here because no sin will ever find its way in the sky. I said something like that. Oh yes, just down here, okay, but not here. So we'd rather shed sin. My sons and daughters, as I love you this much, because those tuned into the US and the whole of Europe and Australia, wherever you're tuned in, the whole of Africa, Nigeria, all the South Africa, I love you so much. But please remember one thing there is zero tolerance to sin in heaven. There will be, you can call an ancient, we don't use the word primitive Christian, you can say that. A primitive Christian, an ancient Christian, uh, whatever, you can use any word. But there will not be. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> can I come down a bit? There will not be a sinful Christian in heaven. I think that's what I want to say in many words. In fact, I wanted to say what I normally say when I'm abroad. I always tell them. There will not be a modern Christian. That's why you see me talking about primitive, trying to derive it that way. You see, you may call somebody primitive or what, but as long as they are holy, they are going home. Oh yes, it doesn't matter which country they come from, they are going home. And in that joke like that, you see, he has gone. Like a joke like this, he went in. Oh yes, and he remained there saying, oh, I'm what? I'm from a modern country, first world what? No. That's why I'm really going to the first world to start up this revival. Finland is preparing for is it April? Yeah. This kind of thing. So all this is going to happen to all other nations. But let Kenya be the classroom to come and learn a real lesson about eternity. Why? Because look, the stars have been led. And they are talking about it and they are sitting as a country and they seem to be loving it. That is also shocking because they could have hated it, right? But they seem to be loving the stairs. So the world is kind of astounded. Hallelujah. Yes, because even that prophet of the Lord, they need to hate him in that country, right? Yes. He has to be hated there. And sometimes they feel, they tell me, but you see, and, and they seem to be loving you, not hating you. So they are taking everything you bought. They should hate you. You are saying no. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he's saying that he has taken away from their eyes. Then we begin now the process of ascension. Look at verse 11. Verse 10 on. He says, from their eyes, taken away from their eyes, verse 10. They were 
say because I think I'm going too fast. And he said, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, and suddenly, suddenly two men dressed in white, now you know who they are, stood beside them, men of Galilee. They said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken away from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Same same way. I, this is powerful, promising the coming of the Messiah. But there's so many big things right there. There's so many big things right there because now you see all of a sudden they are, of course it's very shocking, he is living. Their rabbi, their defender, their protector, their teacher, their everything, right? Their Lord. But now he was going. And they were going to remain alone. And they knew that the people around hated them. So there was a lot of melancholy and sadness that was throbbing their hearts at this moment. And So you understand? It's amazing. Now he was taken away. Man of Galilee, why are you wasting time here instead of stopping work? Why are you wasting time here instead of stopping work? Find his bones. Oh yes. 
have searched, of course. Oh, yes, we know them. Huh? Mm-hmm. And even these days, there are those who are still digging and looking to see if they can find it to prove us wrong. They would have used it as a trophy to destroy the church a trophy. Hey! You see, the ascension of the Messiah essentially defined and established his lordship. My king is lord. My king is lord. Oh, now he is lord. He is both lord and Christ. He is my lord. Hallelujah. I feel so powerful. My lord is not here. He's up there. Yes, all the other gods there in the tombs. We find the bones and the tombs, eh? But for me, the tomb is empty! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! The tomb is empty! Hallelujah! For me, it's empty! Hallelujah! Listen and go. I told you, we worship a living God! Look how beautiful you look right now. 
Other nations are watching you. They are looking at you. They are observing you. They are seeing that, wow, at this how God has decided to visit Kenya. Hallelujah. But I'm saying that that is the gravity, the ascension of the Messiah, goes into our hearts. That is now what has become the foundation of our faith. That for us, our Lord, He ascended, He raptured, and is up in heaven. <laughs> if there is anything you go home with, that is the one. Right? You say, I'm here today, I'm going home. What did He say? He said, The Lord is up in heaven, and therefore His Lordship is established eternally. <laughs> Hallelujah. So can I move on now? And then he goes on to say, beloved people, I'm still waiting on. Now, the outpour of the Holy Spirit. I'm just talking about how he went ahead of us, was raptured, climbed the stairs, glorious stairs of eternity, ascended into heaven, and what it bears unto us before we begin to climb. The import of that, right? And he says, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is also because of that. Because he went up. Can I read it for you? The book of Acts chapter 2, verse 33 to 35. I have it right there. We're still right on it. Verses, I said, which ones? 33 to 35, right? Okay. Then he says the following. Acts chapter 2, 33 to 35. Karibu tafadali nimeongoja. Thank you so much. Powerful Bible study where members of parliament are seated. <laughs> and of course, there's everybody here. There are many doctors and lawyers here, very senior ones, you know, people, senior people in government sitting here. So, you know, everybody wants to go to heaven. Oh, yes, please. Have those that. Please. Thank you very much. You've not lost anything. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, now look at what happens here now. Car control outside. Thank you. So look at what's happening here. The book of Acts chapter 2, 33 again, all the way to 35. He says the following. He says, once I get it, I'll read it. I think it starts from this side. He says, Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and he has poured it. He said, Because he ascended up there, now he has received the promised gift of the Holy Spirit and he has poured it onto the church, onto the earth. Going up has earned us that before you go up. Oh, that's powerful. Mm, very much powerful. He has now received. He went and he sat on the right hand side, the right side of the throne of power, and he received now the gift, the promise, and he poured it unto the church. So, why is the church in sin? If he has accomplished everything he promised, 
The same Holy Spirit helped him to defeat sin, overcome the world. The same Holy Spirit took him down and resurrected him from the dead. You remember the Lord put me down, I saw how Christ went down, totally down. And then I saw, you know, when it came up like lightning, remember? I've described it globally, right? The same Holy Spirit is the one that powered, powered his ministry, powered it. Remember the baptism? Powered. I know he that, you, that speaks to you also. God, the Holy Spirit, has lighted on him. The only second person apart from the Messiah. Now, these are very serious transactions going on here. These are serious conversations, by the way, between the Lord and the church. January 1, the year 2009, the Hongu Stadium, Kakamega. It's all over. It has gone like a bushfire globally. But anyhow, all I'm saying, this is amazing. That because we went up there, now we can receive the... No! At one point he even says, it's better for you that I go. Come on now. Because then the gift will come. The promise. Hallelujah. Oh, maybe we wind down or we go 20 more minutes. No, what is Ireland saying? Sorry, I didn't hear properly. <laughs> you understand? A little more. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Very powerful. Preparing to ascend the stairs of eternity. Eternity in heaven. And there is another eternity, so let's not even talk about it, right? A bad one. The lake of fire. Where the devil and his demons will be. You know, sometimes you cry for the world. I want to push the message up to a very powerful part here. The justification, right? Can I move on? And it says... The book of Acts chapter, again, did I finish up to 35 really? I think the fire ate me, right? And it says, 34, For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet, crushing the enemy. The ascension of the Christ. Oh, how powerful. Look at education. Okay, I was talking to Nairobi. Me in Nairobi, let me talk to Nairobi. Look at education. Come, come so that we can. Tomorrow must be, must be final, of course. It's the final day. Because then I have a meeting with the bishops. The senior bishops are here to do the debrief of the big visitation. Can you show some of the visitations so people see? Whatever was there. How the Lord babbled, his, I mean, presented his two prophets. Sometimes, I think it's all over. Everybody has seen. But sometimes it's good to see. We don't take things for granted, right? Oh, so we're not able? Okay, thank you so much. Just one by one, those slides are over there. But anyway, as we continue, maybe they'll flush them over there. There is a visitation in the house. There is a visitation in the house of the Lord. Let me turn it. Everybody can. Oh, sorry, sorry about that. I'll turn it a little bit, right? Oh, you're able to see. Thank you, sorry about that. Thank you, my son. It's over there. Yeah. Tremendous situation in the church. He that speaks with you. And we have seen so much of his engagement after the church has been taken away on the other side. That's why he's fighting for you to take a safe exit out of here. On the other side, the Holy Spirit has been taken away, and there is a situation there. 
even tonight, by the way, tonight there is a serious battle again. He normally challenges these two with the other two. So there is a, the battle lines have been drawn, the troops have been prepared, battle formations have been set, right? Because evil will be fought. Oh yes, even unto death it will be fought. Yeah. Okay, so a little faster if you don't mind, because we don't have time, I'm busy here. Tremendous. A big visitation is uh, very fast. We don't have When he went to kneel down to show, come my daughters, show them a recording. Look, look, the man of God has been recorded double. When he went to kneel down like he's showing, the two of them knelt down. It was unbelievable. Can you move on? Okay, I think, yeah, that's it. Can you, is there anything further, much faster? Okay, yes, thank you. Very big wonders. Thank you. So now, He's saying that because he was raptured, because he ascended into heaven, then now his lordship is forever established in the hearts of men, in our hearts, in the heart of the church, that he is Lord and Christ forever. And number two, he says, because he went up, now we were able to receive the Holy Spirit. I, how powerful. Number three, can we move on? Because I don't have time, we could read on and on. Uh, let me just read one, which is the same Acts chapter 1, verse 5, 7. It's right there. Acts chapter 1, 5, 7. He says, okay, we can begin from four. On the occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Verse 5. For John the Baptist baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he promised and promised, but it was only fulfilled when he went. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he moves on to say, so can you, uh, I don't know how to put this for you. The Holy Spirit, if you look at the way God the Father designed the works of the Holy Spirit, I've taught this before, right? In the book of Exodus chapter 30, right? Haven't I said in Exodus 30, when he commanded Moses to go and take the following fine spices in specific quantities, specific 500 shekels worth of so sanctuary shekels, 250 shekels worth of liquid meal, of cinnamon, of fragrant cane, of calamus, of whatever, and mix them with one hymn of oil and crush them. You find that each of them had a crushing. So I have already spoken about the works of the Holy Spirit in the church. You can, you can see, you could see from the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 30, verses 22-23, you could see the workings of the Holy Spirit, how it portrayed, because at the end he even said, and this shall be the sacred anointing oil, and nobody should ever counterfeit it. Why is Nairobi selling? Why is Nairobi selling the oil? Selling the oil. Say, so if you want like this, buy two portions. Why is Global Christian TV selling? 
selling the blood of Jesus at market price. Can somebody answer me really? This is not right. They're subjecting my Lord to tremendous pain and agony and blackmail and slander and abuse and demeaning and whatever. When the Lord has done such a perfect, powerful job. Hallelujah. Pray the church. Can you run? I don't know how far I can go. Can I really try? Because I have a whole message ahead of me here to now justify, to underscore this. So in so doing, I said, the crushing that you see, which is being crushed, the cane is crushed, the olive oil is crushed, the olives are crushed. He said, the workings of the Holy Spirit are intended in such a way that when he comes to you, the first thing he does is to crush you and break you down and break down the pride of man. The pride of man. It's saying, no, but I read it, right? I even read it from Isaiah 35, verse 5. I said, he was crushed to admit the fragments. We went to verse 10 and said, yet it was the will of the Father that he be crushed to admit the fragments. Did you understand me? It was the will of the Father that he be crushed. Can I move on now? And he says, John chapter 6, verse 15, beloved people, John 6.15, we really have to finish at one point. So that tomorrow we continue, right? John 6.15. I'm done, huh? He says, Jesus knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, he withdrew again to the mountains by himself. They wanted to come and make him the king of Israel. So look at this now. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say to you that by him ascending, by him going up those stairs, the glorious stairs, and going up into heaven, he also established to the universe that his kingdom is heavenly. His kingdom does not belong to this world. And if we are going to be subject to his kingdom, we would rather shape up and start being heavenly. In other words, in everything you do, you are heavenly focused. Oh! They tried to make him king, he ran away. Because his kingdom is not of this world. And you too are not of this world because you belong to him and his kingdom. Hallelujah! So what is the church doing, dwelling on the earthly kingdom? In Nairobi is a big deal here. Oh, big money shelling, you know the story. Lying to people to get money from them, lying to work. You know the first, you know that story more than I do. For me, the Lord shows me everything. Oh, so much detail, the pregnancies, who, so I see quite a lot, you can imagine. Sometimes, uh, we're even live. It's also, we love globally. But let, let, let sin be exposed. Let sin be called sin. Let's not paint sin white. Then the devil will put to shame. Sometimes he shows me condoms being picked in church compounds after Kesha. You've seen, huh? For me, when I saw it the first time I broke down, I really wept. Because I said, but if God can show me this, and he's so holy, why? What amount of pain? And then the question I had was, why do you choose the house of the Lord? You understand? But that's why you want to go and commit sin. I was very shocked by that. I broke down. I collapsed. 
But he's saying that when you develop a heavenly focus, which means you have a different value system, you use different lenses to look at life. Different lenses. When you see all this corruption in the church, you begin to say, oh, then the Messiah is coming. A pastor says, come. Oh, then I have a duty to go and restore them. You understand? Hallelujah. This is very tough. I need to finish this story, right? John chapter 18, 36. Are you there with me? Let's read as much as we can before I close it down. 18, 36, beloved people, and 37. And I thank you for coming. Because then I can give you the message of the Father to your Father. Then you can enter heaven. Then you are no longer food for the devil. So when people are climbing, you also make sure you climb, right? Whatever it takes you prepare as is required, right? If it's holiness, you take it. If it means changing your clothes, you're going to change them, right? Oh yes, because between choosing clothes and choosing the Messiah, uh, that is simple. I don't need to be a genius, right? I just choose the Lord. Again, between choosing hell and choosing heaven, ah, I don't need to go to a university. That I can choose easily. Yeah, just choose heaven, right? Hallelujah. Hmm. And he's saying here, beloved people, as I finish this very powerful thing, so we, we are finishing now. He says, John 18, 36, 37, as I read on, this is what he's saying. He's saying, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest. My servants would fight to prevent, has it gone? Okay, thank you. To prevent my arrest. Hallelujah. Where was I? Again, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would, have, would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. Can you put the stairs up, beloved? Another place. Another place. Everybody say, another place. Another place. Yeah. My kingdom is from another place. Belongs to another place, not here. In other words, not for the moral decay of this world. Not found in the moral decay of this earth. Are you seeing how when he was raptured and went up and ascended, so much was released about the gravity of him, the Messiah. In fact, defined our Christian faith. And that's why for us, we are heavenly focused. We are focused on heaven. Because our king is up there. Seated on the right hand side. I need to move on. Even the priesthood is heavenly. Really, I need to get there. Even the world is interceding from. It was time for him to go and do it. That's why he rebuked them. He said, the man of Galilee, why are you looking here? Why are you looking like this? Don't you know that he has accomplished his part of mediating man with God? Now he has to go up there and start interceding quickly for you.
send a message to you, I think you have to make a registration through the web or something. <laughs> and then you would need $10,000 to go shake the hands of the man of... You can imagine if the Lord had spoken on the other side of the Atlantic. You would have needed a flight ticket. Yeah, because you would just see, you would just see the visitation, know that I need to go to that man in order to enter heaven. You know, you would know that God has sent him with an instruction for entry. You would not ignore. But the flight ticket, the hotel tariffs, plus the seed money, 10,000. How many Kenyans are there? Well, I'm told the 200, 200, no, 200, 200. No, 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 no. The man of God is very busy. Uh, give me, I need, I need five strong people, ten, with ten thousand dollars each to shake his hand because you know he has been preaching his diet. Whatever. You, I don't know what they would have told you. But the Lord, loving the poor, loving the widows, loving us, He has put it right here, and He says, enter. And I said to America, enter. Yes. Europe, enter. Yes. It is now free of charge. Yes. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55. Come take for free, drink for free. Come drink for free. There is no price. Those of you who refuse to stand up, you don't agree with them. <laughs> You know, you know, the thing about me is that I know what people think. I, you know, they come, but they're not aware, because these are new people, right? They don't know that the man of God has is going around. It is overwhelming. You just know the things people are thinking in their minds, every detail. In fact, it makes people talk to me as I'm here. Even they talk their secrets, everything. It is incredible. It's overwhelming. You can imagine how God looks at, you know, you can imagine how overwhelming it is for me as I'm preaching and seeing all this. And I begin to see in the night before the day comes. So I get to know who will dress what, will sit where. It is just amazing. And what they'll be thinking at the time, I'll be saying, what? <laughs> Let me finish this, beloved people, that it may not turn spooky, right? <laughs> and cause you to flee, right? You say he has a joy too, right? Hallelujah. So he continues, he said, John 14, 1, 2, 3, he said, okay, let me, let me read it, let me read it, because we are reading the Bible, I need to close it for tomorrow. John 14, 1, 2, 3, look at what he says here. John 14, 1, 2, 3, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled, trust in God, trust also in me, in my father's house are many rooms, if it were not so, I would have told you, I am going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go there to prepare a place for you, I will come back to take you, that you also may be up there where I am eternally. Yeah. Hallelujah. So his kingdom is not of this earth. Tomorrow I'll continue with other very important aspects. I think we better keep it at this level so that I can continue that tomorrow and then bring the justification tomorrow which is very powerful, why the massive celebration at his return to do this, why there's massive celebration as we do this, as the church does this. I know for me, I've seen myself remain to do some other work for the Lord, but as you people climb and go like this, why that massive, historic, unbelievable, unspoken, unseen celebration, felicitation, jubilation, never seen before? So I'm moving into the heart of the matter. I'm moving into the thick of it, right? And I am here 
done with you, says the Lord. So let us just lift up our hands and receive the Lord so you can finish it beautifully at this hour so you can return home at the right time, right? Yes, make sure the bus has already entered into the compound here. Hallelujah. So repeat after me, beloved people. It's always good to give people a chance to repent and receive the Lord. Say, Dear Jesus, I repent tonight and turn away from sin and ask you, Jesus, my Lord and my Savior, to forgive me and establish righteousness and holiness in my heart and establish your word in my life and establish the Holy Spirit in my life. Lord Jesus, maintain, sustain, and keep my name in the book of life of the Lamb of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, tonight, I am born again. <laughs> the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you, my daughter. Thank you. Thank you, beloved people. You can now go, but I advise you to remain seated as the bus has come. Can you just leave now? I mean, let's wait for the bus to come so you, you climb the buses from here. But remember, I love